0: Welcome to the Brothers in Armchairs podcast. We are three friends brought together through our years of military service who share a common interest in movies and pop culture. I'm your host Kenny, and with me always are my brothers Arnez and Dell. Hey, everybody! Aloha. Today's show is the first of our request line minisodes. If you're interested in suggesting a movie to us for review, please send us an email at, at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. Today's movie comes courtesy of our listener, Eli, who suggested the 1993's The Pelican Brief. A few weeks ago on our Facebook group, we posted that both Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts have recently signed on with Netflix to film the Netflix original movie, Leave the World Behind, which prompted a discussion that ultimately led to the only other film that the pair had done, 1993's The Pelican Brief. Before we begin, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We would really appreciate it. And now... Let's get right into the review.
1: From the best-selling thriller by John Grisham, author of The Firm and The Client, from Alan J. Pakula, director of All the President's Men and Presumed Innocent, Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington, the Supreme Court of the United States, our ultimate symbol of law and order. But in a single night, two of its justices will be brutally assassinated. A thousand miles away in New Orleans, a lone law student has pieced together who did the killings and why and created a document that has become known in the corridors of power as the Pelican Brief. Now, she has become a target, and the only person she can trust is an investigative journalist. Everyone I've told about the brief is dead. If this thing reaches as deep and goes as high as we think it does,
2: these men will do anything not to be exposed.
1: Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington, The Pelican Brief. The Pelican
0: Brief, 1993. Directed by Aaron J. Pakula, starring Denzel Washington, Julia Roberts, and Sam Shepard. Available for streaming on Showtime Anytime and FuboTV. Based on the New York bestseller by John Grisham, a law student uncovers a conspiracy putting herself and others in danger. All right, Kenny, I got this one. Hey, you ever notice
3: how the older the movie gets, the shorter the synopsis is? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I would well, read that? the
0: back of the book. Maybe that would be more <laughs> <laughs> Right?
3: <laughs> all right, so this movie was released uh, December 17, 1993. Film was met with lukewarm reviews, pretty much a consensus of all the critics and even on Rotten Tomatoes with today's crowd, about 54%, I think, um, mostly complaining about the plot not being complex enough. Even though the book reads very well, I think it was oversimplified in the film. Kenny, you remember we talked about complex plots back in the 80s and 90s, right? Yes. Yep. And then well, what was the deal with it?
0: In the 80s and 90s, they felt the need to explain everything. Do I have exactly. that right?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like, so it's kind of like, what happened? Yeah. You know, what happened here, right? So,
0: uh, Resident, but, you know, but, but I would argue that they did not do a good job of explaining it. And in the 70s, they left you to figure it out for yourself, right? Oh yeah. I don't, I don't
3: miss, I don't miss those seventies endings. (laughs) I I really don't. It took a special kind of film to just end it that way and for it to still be a good film. Right. All right. So, so given that they had a budget of $45 million in 1993 to make this film and it grossed 195 million. And you know, I did the, the inflation rate virtually what is $80 million versus and making $347 million is what it would be today. Uh, I call it a success as far as the uh, the film's money making strategies goes, right? they it, worldwide it it did very well. And, you know, they were featuring two actors at in in virtually their prime, their heyday during during that era. yep, everybody wanted them. I think Julia Roberts had like a two year hiatus before making this movie,
0: yeah. I mean, i would I would argue that Julia Roberts was probably the big sell here. i would I would tell you that Denzel was just getting going. I mean, right before this he did ricochet. then the, the yep. The movie with John Lithgow, which, by the way, they're both in this movie again, which was kind of a cool thing to happen. But yeah, Denzel had not really grasped his must see. He was well on his way, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was ramping up. Ricochet, great film, by the way.
3: The first time we saw Lithgow as a villain, isn't
0: it? Yes. Yes. He was excellent.
3: Oh, he was awesome. Two thumbs up. Awesome. And you know what? I found something interesting during the research on this film film didn't make its way to VHS till 1997. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Four, four years later, I found so that So you
0: I, couldn't rent this
3: until 1997. No, no, it didn't. It didn't come oh. to VHS because that was the option back then. Right. VHS DVDs had not come out at that
2: point. Oh, and so they were
3: still trying to bank on it on the movie wise. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Actually oh. four years. is a long time. That is a long time to wait. So let me get into the, um, the storyline of this show. All right, Darby Shaw, played by Julia Roberts, is a New Orleans law student who, when hearing that two Supreme Court justices are murdered, decides to create her own theory to answer the why part. Why were they murdered? And then she created a legal brief aptly named the Pelican Brief. So the Pelican Brief is Darby's theory that claimed oil tycoon Victor Matisse had two Supreme Court justices murdered in order to help him win the drilling rights for oil he found in Louisiana marshland which is a protected habitat for the endangered brown pelicans. Pelicans, right? Key pelicans. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, both justices were staunch at, well, I'm sorry. Was there a sound effect? Like Go ahead. He right gave now. us a simple
2: pelicans.
3: crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in a, that's like the key word, right? It's not a joke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, so. So in her brief, both justices were staunch advocates for protecting the environment. As Matisse is a major contributor to the president of the United States to the tune of four million bucks, Matisse assumes that once the two Supreme Court justices are dead, that the president would appoint two justices that would be in favor of environmental exploitation, thus awarding the drilling rights to Matisse. And that's pretty much the, the brief in itself. Everything else that follows that is part of their survival and investigation. Uh, So she gives her brief to her boyfriend and professor, Thomas Callahan, played by Sam Shepard, who takes it seriously enough to pass it to his friends at the FBI. The brief eventually makes its way to the White House. And while most people seemingly dismiss it as a false theory, some in government believe it is it reveals the true reasons for the murder of the two justices and accurately implicates the president in a scandal. Subsequently, her boyfriend Callahan is murdered and she is subjected to a life on the run, playing her best version of cloak and dagger. She ties in the Washington Herald reporter, Greg Grantham, played by Denzel Washington. He becomes the only person she can trust. Together, they follow the breadcrumbs to uncover a conspiracy of the decade that implicates oil tycoon Victor MacTese, the law firm of White and Blazovich, and the president of the United States. I'll start with my bad. So here's my bad. Uh, The movie, even though I hadn't seen it since its release in 1993, of which I fell asleep in the theater while watching it, (laughs) it is slow. And so there is a lot of slow points in this film that I'm not sure I'm not sure really needed to be there. So the other, you can compare this film to, uh, being that it's a Gresham, you can compare this film to The Firm and The Firm that is not a slow film. It moves very
0: well. It's arguably the best John Grisham movie though. For John Grisham, he had, you know, A Time to Kill. He had The, the Client, Pelican Brief, The Firm. I mean, there was a period there where we, was that, Runaway Jury? We had oh, a yeah. period there where we love John Grisham but it's tough when your first movie out the gate is the best one. Like the firm was.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Then everything compares to it, right? Yeah. I mean, the firm is still a good watch. So it's slow throughout a lot of portions of the film. And I wasn't sure that it needed to be slow. Themes are repeated a bit too much for me. Like how scared Darby is that, that just keeps coming and keeps coming. And they spend time to constantly show how scared she is. And then, you know, how long it takes her to trust Grantham, which is weird because he's the only person she has left. And even then, she's hesitant to trust the guy. And of course, one of the other things I didn't really care for is the speed in which a college student's brief makes its way to the White House. Like, <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a pretty far move from college student mm. to
0: White House. You know, and I, I wasn't sure about that. I kind of felt like that was the most believable part, though, for me. Just because of the <laughs> fact that the the Sam Shepard character had the end with the FBI lawyer, and that's how it made its way up, right? No, like, no
3: but, it, so, but from the FBI from the FBI, it gets to the white house. That, that's fast. That's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah
3: I mean, right. yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking that part, but also I, I I wasn't sure how much that PBS documentary that they kept referring to throughout the film. And they finally showed it uh, in the end ending portion of the film. I wasn't sure if that was necessary either. It didn't really do anything for the plot of the story. I just, it was a weird thing. I was expecting more of that PBS documentary. And in the end, it was just a documentary. It was really no impact to the story whatsoever. Now for my good. So the good news is after 27 years, the theory of the Pelican brief that involved private industry and government corruption is more believable now than it ever was in the past. I mean, when you think about it, you know, this is a plot that could actually be revealed in today's headlines and we'd buy it. Like it sounds, it fits the times. Lion sinker. Yep. Yep. And for that reason, in my opinion, the film did age well. The biggest win for me is the chemistry between Julia and Denzel. Uh, Throughout the film, I'm waiting for them to hook up because of that chemistry that they had. They didn't, which, I don't know, maybe it was better that they didn't. But it really felt like it needed to happen. You know, I kept thinking, is it going to happen? Remember, I hadn't seen this film. I fell asleep during half of the film back in 93. So I hadn't seen it since then. So I didn't really know whether or not they were going to hook up. But that's how good that chemistry was. You had a feeling it could happen. It didn't happen in the end, but that they were definitely that much in sync with each other to some degree. I think that without Denzel and Julia headlining this movie, that this movie probably would have been a bust.
2: Hey, Doug, let me just uh, I actually saw almost an article It was a, a video clip of that, that they were interviewing Denzel Washington, and he doesn't really like to kiss anybody he works with other than his wife. Oh, so is that right? You think that had something to do with I it? think they rewrote this because they were always, he was trying to, the. I forgot who was interviewing him, was trying to say that, are they rewriting scripts for you? But I thought, you know, he wasn't that big at the time. So, yeah, honestly, I can see that happening. I can see him saying, you know what, I'm not going to kiss her because that's not my wife. And maybe that's why they didn't have that connection where they hook up on the movie.
0: Hmm. I'll be honest with you. I prefer the fact that they just became really close friends. I mean, she's been dating the Sam Shepard character. She's super in love with it. He gets blown up and dies. It's always this weird, fine line to cross. Like, okay, my boyfriend just got killed. And now to make up for it, I'm going to make out with the guy that's helping me solve the crime. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's a few days later, right? Yeah. And I also feel like too, like it was important for the Roberts character, right? Like she needed to be, I mean, she's supposed to be brilliant. She's this brilliant young law student, right? So let her keep that persona by keeping a nice distance between her and the Denzel character, and I like the chemistry as well. I agree with you, it was the best part of the film for me as well. I that, just that, felt like
3: huh. that it it worked better for them being friends. I didn't think about it that way, man, yeah. I think you uh, yeah I'm sold that's a that's a great way to look at it. All right, guys, you you guys go good and bad. let's go.
2: Well, um I'm like you. I haven't seen this movie for a long time, I think when it first came out there and and then I thought it was just one of those movies that pushed was pushed out because of the actors and actresses. I think Julia Roberts was hot at the time, so they pushed this movie out. I don't think it is one of her best. And I would probably say it's near the bottom of the pole. And it was slow. I mean, you, I mean, you, you said it earlier. It, it just a slow part to me was just like, oh, my God, is this supposed to be an action movie or is this supposed to be a drama, you know? <laughs> and I could say in my book, I'd call it a drama. And, and, you know, I think you hit it right on the nails there. How many times is she going to be scared? the same level of scared and she's a great actor. So you can see that she's got that same level. Of, Come on woman. You wrote the brief, you know, people are coming after you. You act like it's something new every time, but overall, um, as far as a good with this, I thought that all the actors were great. I would like to, I would, would like to have seen Julia Roberts and Denzel in their prime time. So sometime around that year, same year or years after do another movie that was a little bit more action. Oh, maybe
3: like the late nineties or something.
2: Yeah. Something with more action, because I think both of them are great actors and actresses. I just think this movie doesn't really showcase them very well. It just it sticks more to the drama portion. And and I would like to, to see the edits that were edited for this movie. If there was more action in those before they cut it.
0: For me, I'm I'm gonna tell you that uh, I'm gonna do the good and then the bad, just because the fact that my bad is so much larger than my good for this movie. <laughs> um, so we already touched on the chemistry. The chemistry I agree with Dell is is what really holds the movie together. The two of them together, they do a really nice job. I will point out too that we see a young Stanley Tucci in this movie who plays an amazing assassin. I was very shocked that he would play a character the way he did, where, you know, one minute he's got a full head of hair, and the next minute he's, I mean, he was a chameleon in this movie. He looked fantastic. So, uh, again, Stanley Tucci, excellent. The, The cast itself, I mean, this is not one of those movies where you get a bad plot mixed in with great cast. I mean, we have John Lithgow, Denzel Washington, Julia Roberts, John Hurd, Stanley Tucci, Robert Culp, Wil- William Adderton, Hume Cronin, and Sam Shepard. I mean, this is an amazing cast. Plus, we get uh, future president Tony Goldwyn, who be- he becomes president Fitzgerald Grant on Scandal. He goes from being uh, the 90s bad guy, because, you know, he's the bad guy from Ghost, and then he's the bad guy in this movie, to becoming the president of the United States on Scandal. For me, that, I mean, even the director, the, the um, Pakula, I mean, he's got a history of making some pretty amazing movies. He, he did All the President's Men. He did Clute, Presumed Innocent, Sophie's Choice. I mean, this is a guy that's made some pretty predominant movies. So to for him to make this movie, to me, was kind of strange. But yeah, so the best things in this movie is like the who's who in it. Like, I mean, you could probably spend 15, 20 minutes just watching the movie going, Oh, I know him. Oh, I know him. Oh, I know him. <laughs> yeah. And just like do it like that. It's like an Adam Sandler cameo. You know, like the Happy yeah. Madison movies, where you just—I like, know him. I know, hey, that's minimal ice. You know, just like those moments. <laughs> so, the bad, I agree with both Del and Arnez. It's slow. Uh, it's definitely a one-time watch. I remember seeing it in the early '90s in the theater, and I cannot remember for the life of me if I liked it or not. Obviously, I didn't because I didn't remember. asleep. <laughs> <Don't> <sighs> yeah, I mean, I was a junior in high school, so I don't—I don't necessarily know that this was my cup of tea even at the time. I have some issues with the evidence that gets presented. There's some, there's, there, while there's some innuendo, we don't really engage with Matisse. And the evidence is still circumstantial. The, the president's the leader of the free world. You'd need more damning evidence than some possible collusion. Even with the FBI admitting to the president telling him to back off, that obstruction of justice would still be circumstantial at best and might not even get him impeached. I mean, we just saw a recent impeachment where he felt like obstruction of justice just kind of goes out the window. Uh, if anything, while many of the president's aides might go down, it seems a far cry of the president would get anything more than a slap on the wrist. So his immediate takedown to me was a little far-fetched. I don't like the Darby ending. She gets to go to a foreign country. I mean, her life's over. No chance for her to achieve her legal goals and become a lawyer. She gets to live, sure. But, I mean, I think I would have preferred a better ending for her. I mean, it just seemed kind of like, okay, hey, great job, Darby. Now, like, go hide for the rest of your life. Like, people are going to want to kill you. It seems kind of bad ending. I wanted more Denzel. Uh, I hated that we didn't get a lot of him, but it does make sense because he what he he won't become the big superstar draw for at least another 2 to 3 years. So at no. this point, he's climbing that celebrity ladder. You see his name, you automatically associate good actor. But then by the mid-90s, he's superstar. He's in that same category as Harrison Ford and You know Sean Connery and all those guys. Like you see his name, you automatically blockbuster superstar, reliable. The CIA piece in the movie's pretty weak. I mean, we see the agent in multiple scenes, but his role, while implied by the FBI, is never really fleshed out. Would have been easier to explain the CIA's role and show the engagement with the the Tony Goldmans Fletcher Cole. Would have been easier if we had showed the two of them talking more. Because remember, Mm. it's it's his idea to bring the CIA in to protect you know the president's interests. Soon, right, right. And finally, I enjoyed the puzzle plot. The, the fact is, I really didn't enjoy the story very much. Much of Grisham's other movies just pale in comparison to The Firm, which is probably his best film adaptation. So all in all, for me, the movie just kind of falls flat. I would say that this is not anything I'm going to seek out to watch again. Yeah, you
3: know that point you made about the, the president thing? Yeah. About the, the scandal. So, so I think I had to go back and, and watch that portion again. So basically what they were primarily concerned with is the scandal, how the scandal would affect his reelection.
0: That's true, and so yeah. that, that's me, yeah. <laughs>
3: so it was just a safe face kind of thing, right? Then you know, try to maximize the amount of votes he can get.
0: They say he's that he's not going to run for reelection in the in the movie and like in the little synopsis and the quick recaps. Yeah. So you, you would assume then that that meant that the, he felt the scandal was going to be damning. And I I don't necessarily know if our leaders would do that. They'd probably just roll forward with it. Well, look at the times, right, Bill Clinton. Yeah, Four for sure. More. Yeah, like that dude would just put a spin on it and then he would seem so believable when he talked to you. He'd be like, oh, dude, he didn't do it. right?
3: He's a nice guy.
0: would grab yeah, a beer with exactly. him. Yeah. I mean, that's how I felt about W. And I stand by that. I would still have a beer with that dude. <laughs> it's a beer. That,
3: that's not all you'd have. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I dig the points, man. Great breakdown of the good and bads. But, you know, over uh, when you mentioned that the director. I think one of the complaints from the critics back then, especially uh, Cisco and Ebert was that they felt having that director do
0: this movie was overkill, that it was below what he could do, what his capability was. I mean, it it seemed evident to me that he made all these amazing movies and then he makes this, this just seems like a sore thumb in the guy's career. And maybe it was a, maybe it was a casting
3: thing. Maybe they just wanted to, you know, try to put everybody together and hope for the best.
0: Well, I mean, they had this uh, this conspiracy theory movie, right? So, and they looked at the probably the list of directors who had success in directing conspiracy theory movies, uh-huh. like The Manchurian Candidate, and this guy directs All the President's Men. And yeah. if you're Warner Brothers, and you're like, we need a solid hit, I mean, you go grab the guy that's done it once before, see if you can get Lightning Bottle again. Yeah,
3: did yeah. you say what this movie cost to make? Forty-five million at the time, which is by inflation rates for today would be eighty million.
2: And what did it make in the box office
3: at the time? One hundred ninety five million, which is today three hundred forty seven million.
0: So it was a. Eh. So.
3: Oh, it was, yeah. yeah it's a worldwide. And and that was worldwide. Right. So you get you're taking all the money in. So, yeah, four, I mean, four times the investment. So they did good.
0: Yeah. So, to me, this is another one of those cases where people bet on the outcome. They were like, oh, let's see what's going to happen. We get Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington, John Grisham novel. Media, and I'm in see this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, you said it came out in December, right? Yep. December so a holiday movie season. People are home. Yep. They want to go out with their families or their loved ones. Was conspiracy movies big back then? I wonder.
2: I was going to ask which one? What movies came out before this?
0: So you know in the '90s, movies. we had a bunch of them, right? We had like Conspiracy Theory with uh, Mel Gibson. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think yeah, Julia yeah. Roberts, right? It was Mel yep, Gibson. that's right. Julia Roberts, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Wait a minute, is she uh, We had we had the Pelican Brief, and then we had a ton of thrillers. Thrillers were huge in the '90s, um, mm. especially you know we 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 ran the gamut of all different kinds of thrillers. We had the fugitive type of thriller, you know, or mm. the Who Done It. We had this kind of conspiracy thriller. And then we had the, of course, all loving erotic thriller, which was huge. Oh,
3: yeah, that's right. So
0: I'm, we were big lot. with thrillers in the 90s. So maybe
3: that's why this movie was a hit, because yeah. it fit that thriller that if people wanted the thriller. And so they took this film. Especially yeah. what did they nice. classify
2: this movie as? Did you, what was this,
3: the drama? But you know, Kenny, that between everything we said, I, I think that fits, right? So you get you try to pull together the best cast that you can, especially the the main actress of the times and you, and you get the best director for the thriller type film, the government conspiracy type film, and you slam them together with a noteworthy author of a book and you kind of throw that matzo ball in the air and hope for the best. And it panned out.
0: Yeah. I, I think I'd be curious too, to know, was this book an international success? I mean, Grisham was hitting them all out of the park, but I'd be curious to know, like did readers, Review this book and say, "Yeah, this was an amazing novel." Uh yes, I believe that that was the case. Because, like, the client is um, one of his best books, but like the movie, not as good as the book. Well, and the there other is- thing
3: too is Grisham. Grisham does not involve himself with the writing of screenplays. Oh, that's true. I remember reading that. Matter of fact, he's offered. He was offered the opportunity to write this screenplay, and he took it. He took the offer. And then he, after working on it for a little while, he decided to pass it on to somebody else. Yeah. That makes and the sense. reason the reason is he feels that when he writes a book, he has control over every single word that's on that paper. But When he writes a screenplay, there's five other layers that get to make adjustments before it goes to film. And yeah, he didn't I, like
0: that. And I, And I would say, too, that, you know, I've read probably a handful of his books. The Firm is one of those things where I feel like the movie is better than the book. Wow, like, really? yeah, and the book is oh. good. I I oh. I do not say anything negative about the book, but the movie is just better. Wow. Well, I mean, the Pelican Brief was on the New York Times bestseller. I mean, it, it was that's on not, the list. Wow. Yeah, but he had already so once an author establishes himself, it doesn't take much to get on that list, right? Like, I mean, mm. you just it's like Steven Spielberg, right? As soon as the movie comes out, bam, hundred <laughs> million dollars. You just know it's yeah, gonna true. make. That's very true. So, but I'd be curious to know what were the reviews of this book because the the plot is really convoluted. It's kind of I don't really think it's very well thought out. But you know, a friend of mine told me they thought it would be more interesting to have watched her piece together the Pelican Brief. Oh yeah, that would have been cool. And it would have been a much oh. better movie. Well, I mean,
3: the, right, the whole thing about this movie it focuses post post creation of the brief. Yeah, oh, that's a great sure. point. Yeah, that would have yeah, been awesome. That probably like, would have been a lot I went better. to the library apparently and found everything. Yeah. And in, I, in the pre-internet library.
0: And I would tell you, too, that like, this goes back to my my theory that if I spend my time writing a better movie than your movie, then your movie stinks.
2: So. <laughs> okay. Well.
0: Dang. <laughs> Throwing
3: down. All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Uh, let's 3P it for me. I am going to give it a pause. I think it held up well over the years. And in today, we all can appreciate a nice conspiracy. It's a pause because it is a slow film. So I think most people who watch it will only watch it one time. But I think it's still worth watching just because it's aged so well.
2: For me, I'm going to give it a pause as well. However, I will say that the only reason I think it held up well because of um, I think times have lended more people to believing in conspiracy theories it is a watchable movie and I think it's a one-time watch and I think people should watch it uh, because there's so many actors and actors in this movie that are just fabulous and are great. Now, you know, you'll see them in their young days, how they were and stuff. And a lot of them have really gone on to do successful movies.
3: I don't know if Sam Shepard was in his young days. I think Sam Shepard is permanently old. Well,
2: yeah, yeah, some people just look that old. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but overall, it was a decent movie, but for me, it's
0: still a pause. Uh, so for me, I'm going to give it a pass. I give it a pass because of the fact that it it is slow. I found the plot to be convoluted. And to be honest with you, don't let this movie be your memory of Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts. Like, oh, there's yeah, so many better movies to to get with them in it that this kind of tarnishes the legacy. And I feel like the same is true for the director. Like, I mean, this guy goes on, this guy has made so many big movies and then he makes this, it really does feel like a sore thumb. So while if you do watch it, it's probably going to be a one-time watch for you as well. I would also say to you might enjoy seeing all the who's who in it. Uh, I would love to like, just make a movie based on the Stanley Tucci uh, assassin character. Let's just have a movie based on that guy other than being tamed by seeing who's who flash before the screen, it's not a good story. It's not a good movie. So for me, it's a pass. Well, that's all the time we have for you today. Don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on email or social media. You can email us online at brothersinarmchairspodcast at gmail.com. You can visit us on Twitter at BroArmchairs. Join our Facebook group, Brothers in Armchairs Podcast. Follow us on our Instagram, Brothers in Armchairs Podcast. Thanks for listening and keep an eye out for our next mini For myself, Arneas, and Dell, this has been the Brothers in Armchairs Podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Peace out. Aloha.